Welcome to the Keep Birth Wild podcast. My name is Indy and through this series I'll be speaking to women who plan to birth their babies at home. Join me to hear home birth mothers sharing their stories of pregnancy, birth and postpartum. today's episode, I chat with Tori about the births of her two children, Badger and Scout. Tori's first birth was in hospital where she was induced due to reduced amniotic fluid. Being a first time mum, she put all her trust in the hospital system and then ended up actually not feeling very prepared for the birth or like the reasons for induction were fully explained to her. So the second time around, she knew she wanted the opposite experience. With Scout, she chose to birth at home with her husband and a doula, um, but unfortunately, due to the bushfires and then the coronavirus pandemic, um, those plans did change. So she got to have her beautiful, healing, unassisted birth at home, and I'll let her share how, um, how her story and her care panned out. I just wanted to say a quick thank you to those of you who've taken the time to scroll down on your podcast app and leave a rating or a review there. This is a love project that I do in my spare time because I'm really passionate about getting these stories out to you and it does take a lot of work so I'm really always excited and grateful every time someone leaves a review or sends a message to let me know that they're enjoying the show. Anyway, thank you for being here with me today and I hope you enjoy hearing Tori's story. Hi Tori, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Nice to meet you too. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Would you like to start by sharing um, a little bit about yourself and your family and yeah, whereabouts you're located and what you do for work? Sure. Um, so my family and I live in Melbourne now. Just moved down from New South Wales in the midst of all the coronavirus action. Um, it's my partner and I, his name is Elliot. I've got two kids, um, Badger, who is two and a half years old, and little Scout, who was born four weeks ago today, actually. Oh, wow. I didn't realise. Is that a he or she? A she. Yeah, I didn't realise she was so young. That's beautiful. She's new. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear about how your birth went with everything that's been going on at the moment yeah so maybe we'll go back to the beginning with Badger would you like to share a little bit about yeah how you came to want to start a family or whether that was a conscious decision for you guys Mm, yes um Badger was a whoopsie baby um and came at quite um a meaningful time for us in our relationship Elliot and I had been dating for 18 months and then actually broke up for two months Um, and the night that we got back together was actually the night that Badger was accidentally conceived so we you know got back together said we were going to take things slow in our relationship decided to live separately uh, accidentally made Badger and then realized that none of that was going to (laughs) unfold the way that we planned Um, And so he's kind of like our rendezvous baby. He's um, a true blessing. And we kind of think about it as the universe saying, you know, like, don't break up again. You guys are meant to be together and have a family. So um, when I told Elliot that I was pregnant, obviously it was a big surprise for both of us, but he just said, let's do it. 
let's have a kid and start a family. And so we did. Um, and how were you feeling, feeling when you first found out? Were you um, kind of excited straight away or did it take a while to get to that? Well, I went to the doctor because I was feeling so off and I, I genuinely thought that I had um, like a hormone imbalance from being so chronically stressed. I was in between jobs and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and so I went to the doctor and anyway, she called me um, one morning when I actually had a terrible hangover in my best friend's bedroom and she said, we got the test results back and you are pregnant. And I just looked at my friend and I said, I'm pregnant. And she jumped out of bed and didn't know what to do. So she was running around her room going, oh, my God, oh, my God, what do we do? What do we do? And I just burst into tears because it was so unexpected to me. Um, so I guess for that whole day while Elliot was work and I was at work, I was waiting for him to come home. I was feeling really um, unsure, not about whether or not I wanted to have the baby, but about whether Elliot would want to have the baby because I knew in my heart of hearts that I'd always wanted to be a mum and I always wanted to be a young mum and I kind of felt like it was almost my my calling to be a mother. So when I found out about the pregnancy, I it kind of something just clicked in me and I, I thought, okay, well, this is really scary, but I don't feel scared. I feel ready for this and it just depends on where Elliot's at. But, um, mm. yeah, he got home from work and we talked about it and when he said let's do it, I burst into tears because I was just so happy that he was on board with it as well. And, mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And is that I heard I heard a little bit of snoring there. Was that Scout? Is she asleep on you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got her in the baby carrier, and I'm just pacing around the lounge room because um, she's a demanding little thing. Um, oh, oh yeah, so, so gorgeous! She's just having a good snooze. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fantastic. I liked hearing those little little snuffly snores. Really cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, going on, how was your pregnancy with Vajra? Did you have any any symptoms or any health issues come up at all? And how, how did you sort of feel as you progressed through the pregnancy? Um, so I felt, ugh, I mean, the first trimester was interesting because um, obviously, you know, you read about all the things and then they actually happen to you and it's it's quite full on so I had morning sickness I had terrible constipation um, my skin broke out but I was just so happy the only thing that was really hard about that first trimester was that I took the route that we shouldn't tell anyone until the 12 week mark um, I was really nervous about telling anybody so it was kind of just me and Elliot and I felt really isolated and unsupported because I felt like I had this huge secret that I, I really needed help to navigate and I needed the support from my friends but also felt I couldn't tell anyone. Um, so that was difficult. But once the 12-week mark had passed, we told everyone and 
Yeah, I felt great for the whole pregnancy. We didn't have any complications at all. Everything went really smoothly. Mm. And yeah. Did you have any idea, I guess, because it was a surprise, maybe you hadn't thought about it, but did you have any idea about what model of care you'd like to go down or how did you kind of navigate finding a care provider? Well, because I was so young, I was 24 when I got pregnant and had Badger, I obviously hadn't had any plan to have kids. Um, So I really hadn't done any research at all and didn't know what I wanted in terms of birthing. I knew that I would ideally like to home birth, but because it was so new for both Elliot and I, you know, he didn't feel comfortable with that idea and because he didn't feel comfortable, I didn't either. So we went to a GP for a little bit and then when we started seeing the midwives at the hospital, we just went with, um, yeah, just going to the antenatal clinic and seeing the midwives. Yeah, okay. Um, And what was, yeah, how was that um, care for you? Did you find that pretty adequate or? Looking back on it now, definitely not. Um, I did apply for their midwife program. This hospital had um, a program where you could see the same midwife uh, throughout your pregnancy, but it's also a very popular hospital and a popular program, so I did miss out. Um, every time we went, we saw a different midwife. I think I saw a different obstetrician every time as well. Um, so, you know, at the time I, I knew nothing of it, but I do remember towards the end getting really sick and tired of having to answer the same questions and tell the same stories and explain myself over and over again. Um, so, I, you know, I, I didn't love that aspect of it and I started getting quite nervous towards the end having to go in Hmm. and And did you have anybody else in your birth team or was it just going to be you and Elliot and then whatever midwives were there on the day yeah it was just me and Elliot I didn't want anyone else there I didn't want family and there was no friends that I really felt um, connected in that way to bring into the birth space so I just wanted it to be an intimate thing with Elliot and I Mm. just whoever was there yeah and yeah as far as I guess educating yourself about the process of birth did you did you looking back do you feel like you were prepared did you do any hospital birth classes or alternative birth classes at all um we did the hospital birth classes and they were useless but I went to them because at the time I had a job that I really didn't like and so it was kind of, you know, an excuse to go and and just speak to other pregnant women about how they were feeling and um, the birth classes themselves didn't really prepare me at all for anything, Um, not at all. I mean, I remember them talking about the three stages of labour and I remember sitting there and going, surely it's not this black and white and carbon copy. Um, you know, how could it be? Everyone's pregnancy is different. But it did educate me enough about the different interventions that I knew that I didn't want any of them. Um, and we didn't do any breastfeeding classes either. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, I didn't feel prepared by the birth classes, no. And so, yeah, heading into 
into that birth, what were some of the early signs of labour for you? Well, we actually had a midwife appointment booked for the day before Badger's EDD. Um, So we went to that appointment and he had dropped so low into my pelvis that I was walking like I was riding a horse and um, his movements had slowed down a lot. So when I mentioned that to the midwife in the appointment, she, uh, sorry, it was an obstetrician actually, she said that she wanted us to go downstairs and get uh, an ultrasound just to check that everything was okay. So I didn't really get to have any pre-labor signs other than him dropping down and and slowing down Um, because once we went and got the ultrasound, um, they, I guess, I don't want to say, maybe I do, I guess they coerced me into being induced. So with Badger, I was induced and I kind of missed out on the natural labor process with him completely. So did you get induced right away um, at that appointment or were you able to go home and sort of get prepared and come back with Elliot? Yeah, they said, go home, get your bag, have something to eat, come straight back. And then as soon as we came back, they kind of started the whole process. So they... I'm not sure really what any of the stages of of induction are called because they didn't explain it to me very well. I think I asked um, for more information on on what being induced actually entailed and the doctor handed me an A4 piece of paper, um, which, you know, very briefly Mm. explained it. But once we went back to the hospital, they put the um, the little tab I think, inside me so that it would dilate my cervix um, overnight. And then at 6 a.m. someone came in and broke my waters and they moved me downstairs to get on with the rest. And just going back a little bit, was it? did you feel like they adequately explained what the indications for being induced were or what was, what was the reasoning behind that? Was it to do with his movements or...? Yeah, sorry, I skipped over that. Um, So because his movements had slowed down, that's why she wanted the ultrasound. And when they did the ultrasound, the doctor just said, "Um, look, he's fine, his heart rate is great, but there's not as much fluid around him as we would like. Um, So that might be because the placenta has stopped doing its job um, or, you know, it might just be that things are moving along. But the thing that he said to me that still kind of haunts me to this day, he said, you know, you can go home and wait for natural labor to start, but if anything happens, that's on you. And we're recommending that we induce you to avoid anything happening to your baby. And I, you know, not knowing anything really about giving birth, let alone being induced, then asked for the information he gave me the A4 piece of paper. They said they needed an answer and it was all very rushed and, um, you know, I, I felt panicked as soon as he said, if anything happens to your baby, that's on you, you know, because you're going against our recommendation essentially. So I don't think I was adequately informed about why induction would have been necessary. I didn't really understand Um all that my little brain was telling me was, you know, get that baby out safely. Um, mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty hard as a first-time mum as well, and especially if you're already going into it feeling like you're not really, not really prepared. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess my whole motto, you know, my nonna said to me, if you're calm, the baby will be calm. So I went through my whole pregnancy really believing that and practicing that. And I felt so calm leading up to the birth. And um, I guess that was my motto. I didn't think about, you know, learning more than what they taught me in the birth classes um, because I just didn't. I didn't know about all the different possibilities and mm. yeah yeah and so yeah you mentioned that they put the tab inside and then in the morning they were able to break your waters how did things progress from there so they took me down nothing really happened and then they took me down to the birthing suite and hooked me up to the pitocin um and then about half an hour later, I started getting leg cramps. And then everything's kind of a blur. Um, I was in the bathroom a lot. Um, I remember Elliot and the midwife um, because I had a, f- a monitor strapped around my belly. I, I wasn't able to go in the bath, which was another thing I was quite upset about because the one thing I did know was that I wanted to try and birth in water. Um, so I was in the in the shower leaning over a chair and they were spraying my back with hot water trying to alleviate the pain. They were quite insistent that I use the gas for pain relief, but I found that it was taking me further out of my body and I was getting really sleepy. So um, I I felt like I couldn't breathe properly, trying to breathe in with the gas. Um, And then everything just gets really blurry. It was, I think, five and a half hours of labour before Badger came. But I just remember feeling like the contractions started moving in waves, overlapping one another. I felt like my body wasn't keeping up with um, the way that he was moving down. So I I don't remember feeling panicked. I just remember feeling like I really had to stay in my zone in order to get through it because the pain was... Um, quite full on, I think, because I wasn't able to manage it and my body wasn't able to open and receive him naturally in its own time. Mm. Um, yeah. And did you have any kind of techniques? Had you learned any breathing techniques or anything that helped you? Or was it were you really just sort of, you know, getting through it, making it up as you go? Yeah, yeah pretty much. I, I really was so blind to or just, I just didn't know anything. I didn't look at any of that stuff. I really, I really surrendered to the hospital and, and let them sort of guide me throughout the pregnancy. So I didn't think about learning any of these breathing techniques um, at all. Um, mm. So I was totally winging it. That's 100% what I was doing. <laughs> and were the midwives, the, were the midwives who were, were they helping you at all? Or were they able to offer any support that felt useful to you? Well, the midwife that I had um, was fantastic, actually. Her name was Eliza. And I'll never forget her because she was helping me to breathe, I think, because 
I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't actually taking full breaths. So she was really guiding me to, to breathe in the early stages. Um, and then I just had her voice playing in my head throughout the labor, trying to continue breathing like she told me, taking full breaths as best I could to help breathe through the contractions because I think I was holding my breath. Um, so she was fantastic. It, it was when she went on her lunch break that I remember lots of other people coming into the room. They lost Badger's heartbeat at one point and they couldn't um, find it. Uh, his heartbeat hadn't stopped. It He'd just moved down into my pelvis so the monitor wasn't picking it up anymore. Um, and one midwife came in and explained that she was going to put a fetal monitor on his head. So that involved her stretching open my cervix so that she could get her hand in there to clip the monitor onto his head. Um, and that was, I've got to say, by far the most painful part of the birth was her doing that. And I actually was screaming at her to stop and I blacked out at one point because the pain was so bad. Um, mm. And I think she didn't stop until Elliot said she needs you to stop. It's hurting her. Um, and he knows I have a high pain threshold, so I think he knew in that moment that it was really hurting me and he just felt a little helpless. So that happened when Eliza was on her lunch break and eventually when she did come back, I was able to kind of, I think just her presence there calmed me down and I was able to come back from that. But that intervention really traumatised me, um, which I didn't realise for quite a few months after mm. the birth had happened. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure if I answered your question or not. Yeah, no, you did. <laughs> yeah, and then I guess, yeah, how did things progress from there and um, at what you said it was it was quite a fairly short labour, like five and a half hours or something like that. How long was the pushing stage with him? Um, like I said, it's quite blurry, so I I really don't know um, how long it was. Elliot could probably tell you, but he's not here. Um, I don't remember it being that long because I just remember the urge being so strong to push um, for at least maybe an hour I'm not sure my idea of time's probably skewed in that moment um, but uh, once the midwife once Eliza had said like yes okay I can hear it in your voice now um, that guttural sound so I know that the baby's coming um, and I don't know she probably did um, like a, a check to see and she said uh okay, the baby's coming down, you're going to have your baby before dinner time. And I remember I looked at the clock at that point and it was a quarter past five. So he came half an hour later once she said that. Mm. And how was his birth? Who caught him and um, did you? can you recall much sensation of that? Yeah, I can recall that. So... I know the midwife caught him because my head was in Elliot's lap and he was holding onto my hand. Um, so I remember him coming out, his little head popped out um, and then my contractions completely stopped. Um, 
and his head was just there for like a minute and the midwife said okay I need you to breathe and push through the next contraction and I was saying it's not coming the contraction isn't coming um and so his head was just there <laughs> um and I had to I think that was the only point in the birth where I had to like look into my own body and say, you know, what do you need right now in order for this baby to come? And I just had this instinct to hold my breath. And so I stopped breathing. I held my breath and this massive contraction came and he just came out um, straight away into the midwife's hands and she put me on, oh, she put him on my chest, sorry. Um, and I remember he cried straight away and I cried straight away and Elliot cried and that's the first time I've ever seen him cry. Um, and everything that had happened just kind of vanished from my mind because he was there and I was lying on the floor of the birthing room with all these pads underneath me and I was so cold, but I was so happy once he was on my chest. You know, I felt like, thank God that he's out because I really was panicking when his head just sat there and nothing else happened. Mm, yeah. I had a similar thing in Alice's birth and it took, yeah, there was quite, I think there was quite a few minutes in between her head being born and the rest of the yeah. body. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. It must be semi-common, I suppose, but. Yeah, and yeah. I think if you're not I expecting just, it or you don't have someone there, whether you know that it's okay or... That's right. And I think when his head came out and she was saying, okay, the next contraction, once I said that there's not one coming and, I, you know, I feel like they've completely stopped, I could see in her face that she was concerned. And I think because of the the fetal monitor incident, I really didn't want to have any more interventions. So, yeah, that's when I went inside myself and had to figure out how to make it happen on my own. Mm, beautiful. And, yeah, so how was that kind of first couple of hours after birth and to, um, how was the placenta delivery and cord clamping and that sort of thing? Um, so the placenta wouldn't uh or sorry it probably would have but it didn't come out on its own straight away um and I was still getting really strong contractions with badger on my chest lying on the floor and I guess I I really wanted it to stop and I didn't know about you know the placenta part of the equation too much because the birth classes are kind of just all about the baby so I said to the midwife, I remember saying, like, God, can you just get this thing out of me? And she gave me the vitamin K shot, I think it is. Uh, or maybe – is it pitocin? I think maybe the vitamin K. Oh, I maybe. could be wrong. I think maybe the vitamin K is for the baby, maybe. Okay, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know exactly, but – Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> something. She gave me something and then um, – yeah, did the cord tug and the placenta came out um, not too long after that. Um, and then they pretty much got me back up onto the bed um, to see if I had any tearing. And, yeah, I look back on it now and I just think, you know, I wish that I'd done 
as much research as I did for Scout's birth for Badger, but, you know, I, I was up on the table and suddenly there were just all these people in the room and they were taking Badger and they were measuring him under a little light. And I remember feeling okay about it because he was right in my eye line, um, but I also didn't know who any of these people were. And then a doctor came in to, I, I needed one stitch, um, came in to stitch me up and she had a trainee doctor with her who was a male. And at, at no point did anyone ask me, you know, is it okay if, you know, this doctor watches while I stitch up your vagina, you know, in, in front of all these other people in the room as well. Um, and that made me uncomfortable and I, I actually said in the moment, like, oh, yeah, please, like, everyone come and take a look. And, you know, the doctor laughed and said, oh, you've still got a sense of humour. And she just totally missed the mark, I guess, um, of what mm -hmm. I was trying to say. Um, so that that was quite invasive as well. And then, you know, when I did get Badger back, they took us up to the, the maternity ward and, um, yeah, gave us yeah. our bed. Yeah, and then, yeah, maybe just briefly, how was your postpartum period with him and um, and did you breastfeed or how was, how was your feeding journey? Yeah, so I remember putting Badger on the boob about 30 minutes after he was born. I kind of wanted to just do it as soon as possible. That was just a natural urge that I had. Um, and so the midwife kind of helped me make sure that he latched properly and then we breastfed from there until he was 18 months old. Um, probably would have fed him for longer, but I went away for a month to India, so I had to wean him off when he was 18 months. Mm. Um, but we didn't have any complications at all. We were really lucky with our, our breastfeeding journey. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, so maybe then moving on further towards Scout's birth, did you was she a conscious conception, and um, yeah, how did it come about to add to your family? Yeah, so she was a conscious conception. Um, we really wanted to have another baby, um, probably myself more than Elliot, um, but I think Elliot's an only child. Um, so the concept of having siblings maybe wasn't um, as present for him as it was for me. I've got two siblings um, and I really wanted Badger to have um, a little playmate. I also really wanted to have a girl and I knew that she would be a girl. Pretty much once Badger was born, I said the next one will be a girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... We decided to try, and I think it took us about about three months, um, three cycles to actually fall pregnant. I remember on the third, um, or leading up to the third cycle, I was at my best friend's house um, and talking to her about how things were going, and I, I said, like, maybe it's just not going to happen for us. Um, I think I really expected it to be instantaneous for us because it was so <laughs> instantaneous and deliberate with Badger. Um, I don't think it's going to happen for us. I'm really worried, and I guess in that instance, 
you know, we look at adoption or something, I, you know, I really want to have a second baby. Um, and she told me later, I knew you were pregnant in that moment when you were talking because you were so emotional and I just knew that you had a baby in you. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think it was about a week later I I waited until my period um, had missed and did a pregnancy test and it was the faintest line. Um, and it turns out I was two weeks pregnant. So when I was at Rosie's house having a meltdown about not having a baby, I would have been about a week pregnant. Um, it's amazing how slow it can feel when you, you know, you want a baby so much and yeah, it's amazing how slow it can feel. And three months is really, you know, so short in the scheme of things. It's nothing, I know, and I just feel so, you know, like privileged now when I think about it and think about how sad I was that, you know, it took me oh, so long to fall pregnant and there, you know, are women who try for years and years. Um, I just had it in my head that it would happen quickly and I decided, you know, so firmly that I wanted to have another baby that when it didn't happen straight away I thought, you know, there was something wrong with me. Hmm. And then, yeah, after your last birth, how were you feeling about the possibility of another birth once you fell pregnant? Did you sort of already have it pretty set in your head that you wanted to have a home birth or, you know, had you educated yourself more in the meantime? Yeah, so becoming a mother um, obviously does something to your brain and um, once I decided that I wanted to have another baby, I knew exactly what I did and didn't want and it was basically I wanted the opposite of what I had with Badger because it was only after I had Badger and, you know, processing the trauma and... Um, oh, hello there. <laughs> processing the trauma from his birth um, that I started researching more into, you know, things like inductions and... Um, natural birthing or free birthing, just what other possibilities there were. So by the time I fell pregnant with Scout, I had a pretty good idea of what kind of birth I wanted. Um, and what sort of what sort of care were you going to opt for for her birth? So I decided that I would roll with the motions, I guess. So I would go to the doctor and. Um, you know, get the referral for the ultrasound to do the date check and also the, um, the sorry, the test where they check the nuchal cord, um, all of those things. And I'd go to the hospital and do the appointments with the midwives but only up until a certain point um, because I knew that I didn't want to birth in the hospital and I also missed out on the home birth program that they had um, again. So once I realised that if I had missed out on the home birth program, that would leave my only other option with them to birth in the hospital, I decided that either way I was just going to do it at home, whether I have a private midwife, a doula, or it would just be me and my partner, I just was going to do it at home no matter what. So I saw the midwives up until I think it was about 32 weeks um, and then they were trying to push me to have more ultrasounds done and that's when I stopped seeing them. So 
Yeah, lovely. And then after that, did you sort of line up any extra people to be in your birth team at home or were you just going to just have your partner there? Yeah, so once I had um, pretty ungracefully announced to Elliot that we were having a home birth, um, he was really nervous about it and, and said, you know, I, I just want someone to be there that knows what they're doing. Um, and I knew that we wouldn't be able to afford a private midwife. And I also knew that I felt really confident with all the research that I had done and that I was doing. I felt super confident that I'd be able to do it on my own because I, by this point I genuinely believed that um, or I do believe that we've been built to do this. Um, if there's one thing that women know how to do in, you know, instinctually it's um, give birth. So I said to him, I would find a doula um, to guide him throughout the birth, um, not so much for myself. And I found a beautiful woman, um, Amy, who was up in the Blue Mountains and was actually willing to travel down to Helensburg, which is sort of closer to Wollongong, um, to actually be there for us. Um, and she was amazing when I spoke to her and when I met her, I immediately knew that she would be the perfect person to be there and to help guide Elliot and, um, and also Badger. And so she was someone that we booked in uh, to be there until we had to move states and um, she in the end didn't end up being there for the birth. Um, but she was on call for us, which was great. So, so that's a little detail yeah. I can talk about if you would like. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm yeah, I'm curious to know because it's been quite a full-on year. Were you affected by the bushfires um, at your home during your pregnancy, or or yeah, and then mm -hmm. coronavirus after that, and and moving house? <laughs> Do you want to just yeah. speak a little bit about how you kind of moved through all that and whether it had any effect on how you were feeling and your pregnancy? Sure. Um, the bushfires absolutely affected us emotionally because we were living in Helensburg, which is smack bang in the middle of the Royal National Park. Um, and we were pretty much just waiting for it to hit us. And I was feeling very anxious, um, obviously, about the state of the climate in general and what it would mean for my babies. And I remember just navigating this huge sense of guilt um, for bringing another baby into the world in the state that it was in. Um, and that was really unexpected and, and really hard for me um, to process because, well, obviously it's not a nice thing to feel, but, you know, also just checking the, the fire app every day to make sure that my family was safe and, uh, we were lucky. There were no bushfires that came near us at all. Um, but I was just heartbroken and, and devastated for all the other people whose homes had been lost. And I, that was a really hard period for me. I, I really struggled with that. Um, yeah, that whole thing, as everyone did. I think it was like very much in the collective conscience that things were not okay. Um, people were suffering. So that wasn't a great thing to endure being pregnant. Um, but then 
when things quieted down, um, I guess things got better and then coronavirus happened. And, and had you, had, sorry, had you already moved to Melbourne before coronavirus or kind of in the middle of it? No. So we're still living in Helensburg at this point. Um, coronavirus came. We were living in a small town. Obviously, Helensburg is quite small. Um, and we felt okay. We felt quite safe. But I did pull Badger out of the daycare that I had him in there and we started isolating at home just because we didn't know how bad it was, like everything was quite vague. But once things started ramping up and the lockdown started um, rolling out, we were getting quite nervous because we didn't have any hands-on support in Helensburg. Um, Elliot's mum lives up in Sydney, but she um, is someone that we really wanted to protect uh, from the coronavirus outbreak um, and so we couldn't really rely on her for hands-on support at that point. We were worried that with the lockdown happening and another baby coming that we would really struggle and then Elliot lost his job so that was kind of the cherry on the top and I realised that things were getting a little bit out of control. Um, if Elliot didn't have work we wouldn't be able to pay our rent and we had a second baby coming and we had no hands on support and there were lots of talks about borders being closed and going into lockdown. Um, so my parents live in Melbourne and on a Friday we decided we're going to have to go down to Melbourne. We need the hands on support when this second baby comes. Um, we'll go and live uh, with my parents so that we don't have to worry about rent just in case, you know, Elliot can't find employment. So we decided that on the Friday and on the following Thursday we were in Melbourne. Wow. Um, so we packed up and moved in six days. I think I was 35 weeks pregnant, just so pregnant and so so stressed and um, overwhelmed by how quickly everything had moved. But we got out of there and once we got to Melbourne, everything started looking up. So we've been isolating the whole time that we've actually lived here. So I think we moved at the very end of March. Um, but Elliot uh, ended up finding work pretty much straight away. Um, and we had to start looking into how we were going to birth here um, without a doula because that obviously we couldn't bring Amy with us to Melbourne, <laughs> um, how Elliot was going to feel about that. And, yeah, so it was all a bit full on. Yeah, it sounds quick. really stressful and even that, you know, that big pack up and then drive, I assume you drove down to Melbourne. We did, yeah. And being already that pregnant, <laughs> that sounds really crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was wild. I think everyone thinks we're, we're crazy for doing it, but um, I'm so glad that we did. It was just really hard because we couldn't say goodbye to people. Um, mm. It's such a weird time, isolation and everything. So we didn't get to say goodbye to Elliot's mum. We didn't get to say goodbye to any of our friends really. And then quite emotional <laughs> talking about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, so hard, and and on top of all of the other stress that you've just had with the bushfires and mm. um and then and then the coronavirus. But yeah, yeah, how are you feeling? You mentioned that your partner was pretty uncomfortable, but how are you feeling about going from having a birth team with Adula and your best friend and Elliot to just him? I was sad that Rosie and Amy wouldn't be able to be there, but I, by this point, had read everything under the sun and um, I've been listening to heaps of audiobooks, podcasts. I, I really just dug deep into everything and anything I could about birth and free birthing, um, home birthing, all of that. And so I, by this point, felt so confident that the birth was literally the last of my worries. I I wasn't worried about it at all. I felt so strongly that everything was going to be okay. Um, I guess I was just listening to my intuition and constantly checking in with whether I was kind of ignoring the fact that I was going to have to give birth so that I could deal with everything else that was happening or if I actually felt confident about giving birth without anyone else being there. And I just kept checking in with myself and I just kept feeling like, no, this is going to, this is going to be really healing. This is going to be safe. I know that my baby's going to be born where she needs to be born, how she needs to be born. And I know that she's going to, be a strong little thing, everything's okay. Um, so I really had that that strong feeling in me um, and I think I was just constantly expressing that to Elliot. You know, everything's fine, we're fine, the baby's strong, nothing's mm. going to go wrong and if an emergency does pop up, we're close to the hospital. So, you know, I... As I said, it was the least of my worries. Um, and then Elliot started slowly coming around. He had a conversation with Amy, the doula, and um, she answered some questions that he had about just birth and, and what he should expect and what to do if something does happen, and she talked him through that really well. Um, and then after that conversation, he was pretty much like, okay, let's do it. It's all good. We, we can do this and um, he's great in times of crisis. Um, when we moved to Melbourne, he was just an absolute machine and I think once um, we realised we would have to do this birth on our own without a doula there to support him or us, um, he was the same. He was just like blinders on, what do we need to do? How do we prepare for this? Let's buy a birth pool let's go to Bunnings and buy like the plastic sheeting. He just went and did everything um, to make it all happen. So he's really my hero mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I couldn't have done it without that level of support from him, I think. Yeah, sure. And just quickly, were you, you were living with your parents, I think you said, were you planning on having them or Badger at the birth? So, we were living with my parents and, until the very last minute when my sister also lost her job and couldn't afford her lease. And so once Elliot had found work down here, we took over her lease um, and we're paying um, a very small amount 
in rent to live here versus what we were paying in Sydney. Um, mm. And we have Centrelink to help us with that, thank goodness. So we actually have our own place here now. By the time Scout came, we were settled into this house of our own and I didn't want anyone else at the birth until like the very last minute really and then I thought um, oh if the doula's not here and Elliot's got to focus on me then you know if Badger is unsettled or unsure then he doesn't really have his own support person so I asked my sister if she would be there my sister's four years younger than me and has always kind of said to me that she doesn't want to have kids. Um, but something inside me just thought I think it would be nice for her to see a birth and um, be there as my person or Badger's person. So she said yes. And um, at the birth she came uh, to mind Badger while I was in like the early labour stages um, and then when things started moving a bit faster, I, I for whatever reason, decided that I wanted my mum to be there too. So my sister called my mum and she mm. was there in a second. <laughs> it's oh, like God. all her Christmases <laughs> came at once. <laughs> um, yeah. So she came super quick. Um, and, yeah, in the end it was me, Elliot, my mum and uh, my sister Sarah. And yeah, just lovely. Slept through the whole thing. <laughs> of course. Oh, beautiful. So maybe just going back to the beginning of your labour, how did how did things get started this time with Scout? Well, I was having pre-labour signs for I don't know, like I would say close to three weeks. I felt at least for a fortnight leading up to the birth that she was going to fall out of me any time. Um, so that was hard. The two weeks leading up to her actually arriving. Um, just so much pelvic pressure um, and then like little lightning, um, little lightning strikes is how I would describe it, like down my legs and also um, in in my womb as well. Um, so I was feeling like the beginnings of little contractions, I guess. Um, and then the Braxton's hick started. So the day that I went into labour with Scout, um, Oh, sorry, the day before I was really crabby and I just felt really low and sad and I thought I'm going to be pregnant forever, this is it, she's never coming, um, I've just got to get used to living life being a perpetually pregnant person um, and just resigned myself to the fact that that was true um, and I went to bed super early, super cranky, I just felt yuck. And then the next morning I was having Braxton Hicks one right after the other. And, um, yeah, to be honest, I just thought, oh, it's just another day of, you know, the same thing, like feeling like I'm going to give birth at any point and she's not going to come and just feeling like that. And then at some point during the day I kind of had, I don't know, like I felt this sort of wave of relief come over me and I thought, you know, the baby's going to come in her own time. It'll be fine. I've just got to relax a little bit. And so we were at home and I was just pottering around and I um, bent down to put some Tupperware away 
and as I stood up I felt this little pop and I thought oh my god what was that and I ran to the bathroom and it was my my show had just popped out um completely oh wow um yeah and I said (laughs) to Elliot I think that the baby's gonna come and he was like oh okay well let me just check that you know I've got everything that I need and um he went to put up the birth pool and and realized that the hose he'd gotten was not long enough so he had to run out to Bunnings um and was gone to do that and as he was gone um that's when the contractions started and at first it just felt like really bad period pain um coming and going and in that time I called my sister and she came over I said look it could be nothing I don't know I've read about these things starting and stopping and starting and stopping but I'd feel better if you were here by the time Elliot got back um they were definitely little contractions. Um, so here my sister put up the birth pool um, while Badger was running around trying to climb in it at the same time and I was just <laughs> doing my best to breathe um, and stay calm. And then that was uh, towards the evening. So we put Badger to bed at about 7 and uh, I put him to bed because I was explaining to him that um, baby sister was coming and I'd watched heaps of YouTube videos with him of, of water births and home births. So when he saw the pool being put up, he said, oh, baby sister's coming now. And I said, that's right, she's coming. So we're putting the pool up. So I thought I'd put him to bed to try and relax him, to put him to sleep because um, I didn't want him running around I knew things that were starting to ramp up a bit. And as mm. I was putting him to bed, I breathed through three pretty intense contractions and um, he just fell asleep. I came out into the lounge room. They'd finished putting up the birth pool. And I said, right, before this baby comes, I really want to watch the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race because I have <laughs> priorities in check, you know. <laughs> So um, so my sister went and got some chocolate and we put on RuPaul's Drag Race and I think I lasted 10 minutes and I was in the bathroom having full-on contractions and I said to my sister at that point, can you please call mum? I think I want mum here. Um, And, yeah, then mum came. Uh, RuPaul got turned off. (laughs) (laughs) Just save that for later. Yeah, RuPaul got turned off and we put on my birth playlist instead. And so I thought that might be a little bit better. Um, and, yeah, and then things moved from there. So I think I put Badger down to bed at 7.30. I texted Rosie, my best friend, and said, the baby's coming. And uh, two and a half hours later she came. Um, wow, so, so fast. Quick, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious to know, because you were induced in your previous labour, what was, yeah, were the contractions, did they feel very different being coming on spontaneously? What what was the difference? They felt completely different because I, um, how do I explain it? I could feel the whole contraction and I could feel exactly what it was doing and they didn't feel scary. Like when I got induced, I felt like I couldn't keep up with them and they were scary. It was like they didn't belong to me. But 
when I went into labour naturally and I was breathing with the contractions, with an open mouth, allowing myself to make noises, um, they would, I could feel them coming from a mile away. So I knew that they were coming. They would come, I'd breathe through it, and then they would give me time um, to breathe. So I said to my sister after, I feel like I could have counted how many contractions I had because they were that deliberate and I had so much time between them to to breathe. Um, obviously, they got closer together towards the end, but I never felt out of breath or out of control. I felt like I 100% knew that my body was doing exactly what it needed to do. Um, mm. And yeah, they were they were beautiful. Like I, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. I I felt 100% like they were bringing my baby to me. And that's something that they tell you in hospital, you know, like just breathe through the pain, you know, every contraction's bringing your baby to you. But when I was induced, I was like unsure of what was a contraction and what was something else because they were just overlapping. Um, so this time I really was able to embrace the contractions and let them come and, and go. Oh, beautiful. Really different. And yeah. to explain. <laughs> yeah, no, you did such a beautiful job of explaining that. And um, I think that would be really helpful for anybody who's listening who's who's been induced previously because I think it can be really intense and then quite scary to be imagining having to do that without, you know, on your own at home or yeah. or whatever. But, and yeah, it's good to hear that it is, that for you at least, it was really different. Yeah, and I think the thing that helped me kind of process that it would be different was, um, you know, when I told Amy, my daughter, about um, being induced, she said, um, oh, so you have no idea how you go into labour naturally. And I realised at that point that I would be doing something from scratch. Like I I wouldn't know what to expect at all. Um, and so from that point when she said that, it kind of clicked that it was almost like I was – birthing for the first time again because um, I would be doing it on my own naturally as nature intended and um, I didn't have any of that when I was induced with badger and I don't really remember much of the birth because it was just so full-on and hazy. So that's mm. one thing that I would say to, to people who have been induced and want to try a natural labour is it's quite exciting because you don't know how you labor naturally um, and it doesn't have to be scary, you know. It can be really beautiful and exciting to see how your body does what it was supposed to do. Um, and, yeah, so as the contractions were happening and, you know, when my show popped out, I, I was just excited because I thought this is how my body does it. Mm, so beautiful. Mm. And... Yeah, what point did you get in the pool and how, how did that feel? Um, it felt amazing. I got in the pool um, pretty much when I stopped watching RuPaul, so um, <laughs> that would have been about a quarter to eight. Um, yeah, I, I got in the pool and then I was, I was in and out in between the pool and the toilet for a little bit. Um, because my body was obviously getting rid of everything to prepare for the baby. Yeah. Making way for the baby to come down. Um, yeah, yeah, and I guess, yeah, just how did things 
keep on progressing from there until her birth? Um, so I labored a little bit in the bathroom because I found the toilet was quite useful with, um, in between. I didn't sit on the toilet during the contraction. I really felt like I had to stand up, um, and allow, and allow her to come down that way. But in between contractions, I felt it really alleviated the pain, just being able to squat like that. And I guess kind of capitalize on on how the contraction had moved her down a little bit um and then once I got in the pool um my pain I wouldn't even describe it as pain um but I was able to really just float um and breathe through the contractions I had Elliot kneeling on the ground um outside of the pool and I was just my head was in his chest. I was ripping onto his shirt and just moaning or yelling whatever I needed to do, um, holding onto his shirt. Um, I just really vividly remember the feeling of his shirt in my in my hands. Mm. Um, and my mum was, I think, splashing some water on my lower back just to try and keep that um, that pain down. Um, my sister took some photos, which was nice. And then um, at one point I had a huge contraction and I felt like a gush. And I remember I sat up and I was like, oh, my God, something just happened. Like I I was so in shock at that, that sensation of what was my waters breaking. Um, and mum looked at me and she said, yes, something definitely just happened. Um you need to get ready, the baby's coming now. And so I I've at that point then was floating on my back um, and I had another really strong contraction and I could feel her coming down and I checked just with my fingers and I could feel her head um, and I looked up at Elliot and I said, get in the pool now. And he was in the pool within a second. I swear he just jumped in there um, and sat opposite me. And I hooked my legs up over his knees so that I was like quite open and I had quite a wide girth to kind of birth her from. Um, and yeah, she came down and the same thing happened as with Badger. Her head popped out. And then the contraction stopped. Um, but her head had popped out and my, my perineum had stretched and was covering her face. So um, I was feeling with my hands just to check that she was okay and I could feel my perineum up over her face. And I did the same thing but I kind of stopped breathing and did like little like little pushes with my pelvic floor, like tiny little ones because um, I didn't want to tear my perineum. So I did probably like three or four little pelvic pushes and I felt her face pop out. And at that moment I just felt like I needed to be on my hands and knees. So I flipped over on my hands and knees and um, her face then was facing up out of the water and I just heard Elliot say, oh, she's so beautiful, 
I can see her face and she's got hair and mm. um, the contraction still wasn't coming. So, again, I held my breath and waited and one didn't come. Yeah, I think you said that her face was sort of up out of the water. Was she actually out of the water or she's still under? No, sorry, she was still under. So her face, um, obviously, because I had been on my back, her head popped out. So when I flipped over onto my hands and knees, she was looking up out of the water. And that's yeah. when um, Elliot could see her. Um, yeah, lovely. And I think you were yeah. saying that a contraction still wasn't coming in. You were trying to hold your breath again like last time. Yeah, so I tried that tactic like I did last time and it, it didn't work. And then I just felt like I could feel a contraction coming. Like I said, like I just had this sense of them coming from a mile away. I could sense that there was one coming and I could also sense that it was going to be the last contraction. And I knew that they were – I don't know why I knew, but I did – I had a sense that they would have to kind of guide her shoulder out in order for her to come. Um, so I said to Elliot, I said, you have to, you know, in labour talk because you're not really fully there, I said, you have to pull her. And he's like, what? I said, you have to pull her when the contraction comes. She needs help. You have to pull her. And he was like, I don't know what that means. And then the contraction came and I just said, pull her. <laughs> And he didn't know what to do, but mum apparently just stuck her hand in and just gave her like a very gentle tug and she shot out like fetal reflex, just <laughs> shot out and Elliot caught her in one hand. Um, she slid into his little elbow crease and he, she was just there in his arm and, um, yeah, he was in shock about that because he didn't expect her to fly out like she did. Um, so, yeah, Elliot caught her and she came out. He lifted her up and took a quick look at her just to make sure that everything was okay and then gave her to me. And by that point, I'd rolled back over and, and had her in my arms. And, yeah, mm. that's how she came. Oh, so beautiful. And did she sort of cry and pink up straight away? Um, yeah, she gave out a little cry and I was just rubbing her back as well to kind of encourage her to keep making um, or taking breaths. So I was rubbing her and she, yes, yeah, started crying um, quite consistently not long after, which is kind of the same thing that Badger did as well. They cried straight away. Yeah, and then how long did you stay in the water for? I stayed to birth the placenta, which... Uh, was different to badges so that just came out within five minutes on its own um, and the contractions weren't painful at all by that point um, it felt like a huge release um, when it came out and I got um, I can't remember who did but someone scooped it up in a bowl for me um, and I left the cord attached until it had gone white so the only thing that was quite awkward was that her umbilical cord was like incredibly short, maybe 40 to 50 centimetres. It was really short. So having the placenta attached was really awkward um, mm. because I was holding the baby but I also kind of had to hold the bowl with the placenta. 
So I just, luckily, I just got out of the pool and laid down on, on the couch um, probably 15 minutes after um, she had been born and the bowl just sat right next to my face pretty much with the placenta <laughs> in it and I was able to get a good look at it and make sure that it was all intact and, yeah. Had you had you done much sort of knowing that you were going to be doing it on your own? Had you done much research about sort of how to check that, to make sure that all the placenta was there and how to check to see whether you had any any tears and you know how I guess how were you going to judge whether you needed more help or to be checked over in hospital or something like that? Well, I listened to the audiobook of Ina May Gaskin's Spiritual Midwifery and that um, has quite a fair bit of like practical information in it I guess about childbirth and what to look for and how to assess uh, the woman after birth so I kind of did a little bit of that on myself I really did just most of it was just by feel I could I guess because when she came out and the perineum was up over her face, I could feel that it hadn't torn as well. Um, so I checked myself, I guess, pretty thoroughly in terms of how I was feeling. You know, did I feel like I had torn? Was there, you know, any um, stinging sensations, things like that? Um, and there wasn't. I just felt very swollen. Um and then with the placenta, I had just read um, about checking to make sure that um, the membrane was all intact and there weren't any chunks out of it or things like that. So um, it looked beautiful. There was nothing suspicious about it. I mm. guess I was winging that too, but I, I just didn't feel like I was winging it because I, I felt so confident Um in what I was doing the whole time and I was also just so high on oxytocin, I guess, um, and just disbelief that I'd, I'd done that on my own like I said that I would. Yeah, so amazing. And I'm, I'm curious to know, has your partner sort of shared at all with you what it was like for him or how differently or if he feels different about free birth now? Yeah, yeah he, um, he loved it. I mean... He said to me afterwards, um, he said, I'm so fucking high. <laughs> I can't believe we just did that. Like he was so excited and I think just so, so proud. Um, you know, he kept saying, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And I was like, we did it together. Like we caught her. And he's like, I can't believe I caught her. So yeah. there were just so many amazing parts of the birth for him to be an actual part of it, you know, because with Badger's birth, he really was like a piece of furniture in the birth room. He just wasn't really able to be active at all. Um, oh, well, that was quite good timing. It sounds like you might need to <laughs> go back and take care of her. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It was, yeah, really beautiful and, yeah, I'm so honoured to be able to share it with everybody. Yeah, thank you. A lot of people have been asking me about the story, so now I've got somewhere to refer them all to, which is <laughs> handy for me as well. <laughs> thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you enjoyed hearing Tori's birth stories. 
If you'd like to see more photos of her beautiful babies and some photos from during her birth with Scout, you can head over to uh, my Instagram. It's just at keepbirthwild.podcast. And if you do follow along on Instagram, you'll get some more updates of when each new episode is going to be published and sometimes an opportunity to ask questions of the woman that's been interviewed, just if there was anything that you felt like wasn't covered in the episode. Yeah, and again, if you have time to scroll down now and just leave a quick rating or review, that would be fantastic. And I'll be speaking to you again next week.